Konnichiwa and welcome to another episode of Japan Rugby Weekly. I'm Doug the Translator and this week I'm joined by Ben Gunter from the Saitama Panasonic Wild Knights. Should be another goodie, so can't wait to get started. Ikimashou! Uh, welcome back everyone and uh, today we've got a very special guest, one of the uh, best guys I've ever met in uh, Japan and also one of the biggest boys, uh, young Ben Gunter. Gunchan, how are you? Good mate, I wouldn't say I'm uh, one of the biggest boys you've met, you've met a lot bigger guys than me these days, They're, uh, the younger they are, the bigger they are, they seem to be these days. Yeah, yeah, um, I don't know, You when I saw you uh, at the Sunwolves thing, I was uh, shocked out, I think you've gotten even bigger, so it's, it was always handy uh, with the Sunwolves when we went out for a few drinks or something, if you're around, no one would hassle me, so good times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me and the other 20 bikes, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, I think I was, uh, you know, uh, in Japanese you say, Choshi koiteru, but, you know, I was getting a bit too confident with all these big guys around me, thought I was the bee's knees. <laughs> yeah mate that's that won't hurt yeah be confident <laughs> but uh yeah thanks for coming on um i know you've uh been in a bit of iso but uh how's that been you know it's been good mate uh the japanese iso is a bit more uh pg <laughs> compared to the australian iso um when i was in australia i had two weeks in a hotel in australia i couldn't even crack a window oh, wow. it was um yeah just a small small room but I, I was able to get a bike in there which was good but I think the hardest thing was just not even be able to open a window. Yeah, yeah. Um, get some fresh air for two weeks, and uh, yeah, no, nah, you start going insane in Japan. Doing it at you, you know, come from Australia, we had to, we didn't have to go into a hotel quarantine. We got to do it at home here, which has uh, been good. You sort of got a little bit more comfort of your own home and stuff like yeah. that. And, uh, so yeah, no, nah, it's been alright, man. Give me a chance to catch up on emails and all the adult things that we have to do these days. Yeah. <laughs> Nice, man. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, uh, I think people who have COVID in Japan, like who catch it now, most of them just stay at home as well because there's just not enough, uh, hospitals and stuff. So, and not enough hotels and all that. So it's, uh, yeah, it's definitely adult more, I guess. Like you said, PG over here. But, yeah. Uh, I think all the new staff and players who are signed from this year, when they come in, they've got to go to a special, um, a special hotel that the JIFUs, uh, organized, I think. So. Yeah, yeah. I got a mate doing one now, actually. Oh, true. <laughs> Must be funny. Yeah, he says, he goes, oh, the rooms are quite small over here, mate. I was like, yeah, mate, because he's, uh, he's like, I think he's like 6'6 six, six or something. I think oh, he's a wow. tall, tall fellow. He's going to uh, he's going to uh, NTT Com. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so he's uh, just a young buck heading over there, but he's a real tall bugger. So it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how he goes in those little beds. <laughs> oh man uh, gotta get used to it eh? like uh i think everyone over here uh whenever we travel it's always in the business hotels and i mean they're pretty small for me and i'm like half the size of everyone so don't know how you guys all fit in those showers there eh? <laughs> oh mate no complaining if it's free it's for me mate <laughs> yeah yeah for sure for sure um and then you guys uh you're obviously with oh you've changed your name and eh? you're with the saitama wild knights is it saitama panasonic wild knights yeah, Saitama now. See, I haven't even, like, seen the new clubhouse. I don't know anything about that. Like, I've literally, like, when I when I finished the Japan stuff, the, the tour from um, the UK, I literally came, went straight to Australia. Yeah. I didn't come back to Japan. And obviously, I've had my little break. And then I've come back here. And, yeah, I haven't been able to do anything with Penna 
Um, obviously, I've been in isolation. So tomorrow will be my first day at the new club. And oh, wow. yeah, just find out what's actually going on. Like I'm, I went straight holiday mode. When I'm in holiday mode, I just enjoy my time because it's been about three years since I had a holiday. So it was, yeah, yeah. it was pretty good to have a good break. Nice, nice. Yeah, because it gets pretty intense uh, when you just got to, I guess, put your body on the line every week and, and then you've got all the meetings and everything, eh? So uh, it definitely takes a toll. Yeah, it, it just, over time, mate, it uh, sort of drags out a bit and then it just all becomes one sort of thing. You just roll into the next one and then to the next. And obviously with COVID, making it harder to travel and stuff. So it just all made it one big blur. So it was sort of good to sort of get out and go home and get that break again. and sort of refresh the memory and all that and come back and have a fresh attitude again. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, and then you obviously, before you uh, went off with Japan, uh, you guys, the Wild Knights, won the last top league ever. But uh, how was that season? And um, yeah, how was that last game? Yeah, no, it was, like I said, I, I've, I've joined Penner. I was, was it, 2016, I officially yeah. signed with Penner. And we went to the finals two years in a row and we lost both years in, in a row. So it was like, it was hard because, um, you know, when I arrived, we just came off a three-year winning streak and I was like, oh, and I've never won anything in my life. Like yeah. I never won high school, club, like no, nothing like that. So when I came here, I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is a gun team. They've got so much experience with, you know, the coaching staff, senior players, Japanese and foreigners, like yeah. both. I was just unreal. And the first year we got the final, we got beat. Second year, I was um, lucky enough to actually play in the final. Mm -hmm. We got beat, which sucked. Um, the third year, uh, we had a bit of a shocking year. It was uh, based on points. Oh yeah, yeah. And yeah. we just lost. We lost at the wrong, the wrong time in the competition, and then we ended up playing for third and fourth. And then the year after that, uh, COVID cancelled, mm -hmm. and that was the season where we were looking. We were undefeated on top. Had a really strong leadership group good team and the season got cancelled um, which was uh, disappointing on, on my side because uh, it was looking like uh, Panasonic and Kobe were and Suntory um, were the top three teams again yeah. and uh, DC was still playing at that stage and yeah, I would have yeah. loved to actually play DC mm -hmm. um, never actually got to play him but so that, that got cancelled and then come out to this year as well we were you know it's, it was a different preparation with COVID. Yeah, uh, it was a real challenge. I think across the board with all teams. Yeah, um, yeah. And then to sort of come out at the end of you know um, the season with with champions after you know getting the chance the season cancelled the year before. I think it was a you know, real uh, really showed how hard we worked. Mm -hmm. Like even though that season got cancelled, we we stuck it through and we we came back with the same. Um, mentality and mindset we did that year before and we we won it and then with the game itself I I had a bit of a bit of a niggle actually leading up to the game my cast was starting to play up on me so oh, wow. I had a bit of a weird lead up leading through the semis I didn't play one of the quarterfinal games I played half of a semi game because mm -hmm. um, my calf and then um, anyway got it got it to above average with the uh you know above 50 percent, and i said yeah i'll i'll give it everything i got and then uh yeah went out there and my, my lungs were burning because i hadn't played that much leading up to it but yeah. uh i was lucky enough that the uh lucky being such a good team where the 
the guys around me picked up a lot of my slack mm-hmm. and uh, we got across the line. And I guess the feeling of winning my first ever, not just the first ever top league, but just the first ever premiership, I, uh, yeah, I, I still can't believe it. It was good. And it only feels like yesterday, even though it was so long ago. It yeah, feels yeah. like uh, only yesterday and that. And yeah, just what a great experience. And I'll hopefully, you know, touch wood, we can uh, get back into the position to potentially win it again because it's an amazing, it's an amazing feeling you know, after all the hard work you put in and stuff to, to win. And I can see the addiction that everyone talks about after you win one, you want to win again and again and again. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, nice. Um, and then, yeah, you said you missed out on uh, playing against DC, but in that final, you played up against, uh, you know, another pretty big uh, name and, and another big uh, NZ10 and uh, Bowden Barrett. But uh, how was that? Had you played him in like the season and stuff? Or so I, I played Bodie before in, um, in Super. Hmm. But obviously, you know, when he was playing at Suntory, it was, it was different. And we played a preseason game against Suntory earlier on in the year and uh, you know I obviously got the see a bit of his um, ability with Suntory then and he was he's, unreal. he's always been unreal football so when it came to that final I remember just saying to myself I was just like when he's in front of me I said he, he's got to always beat me with yeah. speed he's too fast I was like but if I could just try to stay close to him and then like I said I know I've got teammates that'll help um, help me shut him down and stuff but he's a guy that when you look up and you look across, like you just, he can do anything. He mm-hmm. can, he can chip and chase. He can step you. He can, he, to be honest, he can run straight through you with the, uh, with the power and pace he's got with the, um, his speed. He just, he'll explode straight through your tackle. So, yeah, yeah. um, and then just, he's just a threat all around. So playing him, I guess, leading into the final, uh, it wasn't, a set goal of mine to be like, right, I've got to watch him. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like there's Suntory's threats everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, so when, when we came into playing him, we just focused on our game, mm-hmm. which is what we've done each week. Um, and we look at their team as a whole. And then the only other thing you could worry about is when he got the ball, I always said to myself, I don't care what he does. I'm just staying on him. Like if he dummies, I don't care. I stick yeah, on yeah. him because he's the player where, where you know he's got the, all this ability, so we, I can do anything I can to help my teammates. That's what I did. So, and I had obviously good teammates around me to, you know, if I did my job and I shut down whoever's in front of me, even if it wasn't Bodie, they'll they'll do their job, and that's how we played. So, mm-hmm. but playing him was, uh, yeah, and a great guy, mate. Like a really good guy. I got to talk to him a bit off the field. Yeah, at the uh, awards, um, top league awards. Mm-hmm. So I had a good yarn with him after that, and. I think the the best the best thing about Bodie is that like yeah he is like within the in the world in the top you know three best tens in the world I think mm-hmm. and um, not only is he a great player great leader etc cetera, etc cetera, he's a great person off the field and he's got really good morals with his family and stuff like that um, you know coming from a family of superstars as you could say he's uh, yeah, yeah. he's actually a really humble guy and just a great guy to have a yarn to. Nice, nice. Yeah, and then I guess you spoke about uh, how good the players around you were and, uh, geez, the uh, Panasonic world, nice. The rich just keep getting richer. I think you guys have got some great new signings again. you got a uh, mate of the uh, podcast, Mark Abbott, 
uh, joining you guys. Um, you got a few great players from overseas. Uh, is Asul joining you guys as well? Yeah, so I've been also apparently joining us. So that, that's the only thing. I I still don't know exactly who we're getting and everything. Oh, yeah. Like I've been out of the out of the picture exactly. Like I, I think yeah, I think we're getting Vince Asul. Um, there you go. As well, Car Betty. Oh yeah, Car Betty. Yeah. yeah, like yeah. So I'm still a bit out of the uh, picture with all that. So hopefully when I go into the uh, into the bloody clubhouse tomorrow, I can get to all the and everything. But yeah, I'm pretty. Pretty keen to work with uh, Mark Abbott. Yeah, yeah. He, um, obviously, I I played with him at the Sunwolves. Obviously, mm-hmm. when you were there, uh, great guy. He helped me out so much. I'm looking forward to working with him and seeing what he'll bring to our um, set piece game, especially because I know that he's just a whiz in the set piece game. Yeah. Um. So, really looking forward to working with him, and hopefully, he can get me to jump a bit better. So I'm not as heavy <laughs> for the boys to lift. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, well, uh, what I've seen from all the uh, good jumpers and stuff, some of the best ones are like 120 kgs and stuff, but they just look so light. And then some guys who are about 100 look real heavy. So it seems like it's all technique. Eh? Not that I know too much about it. Yeah, well, that's what I keep telling them, but they, they always turn to me and say, you've got no technique, gun. So you've got to just jump. And I was like, yeah, I'm trying. So, <laughs> come buddy, mask. Yeah, come butter. But nice, right? Um yeah, and I guess we've talked a bit about uh, the most recent stuff, but to go back uh, where it all started, you're um, originally from Thailand, is that right? Yeah, mate. So born in Thailand. Um, my my mother is full Thai. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's full Aussie, born in Tasmania, and he went to Thailand for work. Uh, met my mum, and I was born in Thailand, but then, yeah, came to Australia when I was very little mm-hmm. and then grew up in the... Um, New South Wales country area, like out, out bush in uh, New South Wales. And um, yeah, so as much as I am Thai, uh, half Thai, but I, yeah, I'm as Aussie as they come apparently. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's similar to me. Like I was born in Japan, but most of my life was in New Zealand. So uh, yeah, got that Kiwi accent. Yeah, eh? yeah. Well, people used to say, man, you've got a good accent. Uh, how long have you been in Japan? Oh, sorry, in New Zealand. And like, oh, you know, a little while. Um, but yeah, it's uh, <laughs> yeah. it's always interesting. Yeah. People get a uh, you know shocked when they uh, hear me speak uh, in any country over here. I just look American apparently, so yeah, it's always a fun time speaking Japanese. <laughs> you do that well too, mate. Don't worry. Gambatemas, um, I'm gambareing. But uh, you, uh, I saw, I heard somewhere that you started off playing a league. Is that right? Yeah, I so when I was a little fellow, I. Obviously, started getting sports, and then I actually played soccer first. Oh yeah, um, like this is like under fives and stuff. Mm-hmm. I started with soccer. Um, obviously, got a bit too physical for soccer, so then I went to league. And I played rugby league from like from like seven to uh, fourteen. Oh, yeah, wow. seven to fourteen. Yeah. And then from fourteen, I switched to fourteen years old. I switched to union. Um, didn't didn't know anything about union. Like I. <laughs> I just said to my pop, I was like, I want to try a union. And he said, why is that? And I said, oh, I've got a couple of mates that are playing it and all this. And then we had a bit of a falling out with the local league club back mm-hmm. in Canada. Um, that's a long story. But yeah, so I said, oh, I want to give union a go, pop. And my pop's like, right, go give it a go. I had no idea about like rucks and yeah, yeah. stuff, I don't know, even scrums and stuff. And I was I was a lock originally. Mm-hmm. So I um, yeah, and then I switched to union and, 
did that and I yeah haven't looked back ever since. I just fell in love with it. I was like, this is a better better game. It's it doesn't stop. It's fast paced. Um, yeah. yeah, I just fell in love with Union. Nice, nice. Um, man, it's a uh, yeah crazy how you started like quite late and uh, now what less than ten years on. I guess you're uh, almost you know at the brink of being in the national team for Japan. So it all happens quite quick, eh? Yeah, no, it's. It's amazing now, like, if I think about it, like I said, started at 14, and then what, now I'm 24 this year. So, yeah, 10 years ago I started, and, um, yeah, started at lock, and played, like, played uh, four and five all the way through till, what was it, till I was, well, I actually didn't play that long, if I think about it now. I only played till I was 16, and then oh, I got yeah. moved to eight. Yeah. So I only, like, only did, like, two years at lock, and then I, st- I was always an eight, and then... Uh, what was I? Eight from sixteen to eighteen. I always played eight, and then I came when I came out of Japan for my trial. I actually came back over here as a lock, but I couldn't jump. Yeah. That was my biggest thing. Like I never jumped in high school because I'd always we'd do six man lineouts, whatever, and they'd drop me out with the backs all mm-hmm. the time. And um, I just never learned how to jump, like because I was never in there. So when I came to Penner, um, they and you know, so we've got to trial he has a lock I was like yeah sweet so oh, you played lock before I said oh yeah a couple of years ago and that and I said oh sweet and I remember we we came out to training and that year they had uh, Ben McCalman was here yeah yeah Ben McCalman um, Hayden Parker Beric Barnes Dan Spud was still here Dan Hayden and um, JP Peterson and uh, of course they had like a good bunch of foreigners here and that and then I came here and we went to do the forward stuff and line outs and we went to get into a pod and <laughs> they went to chuck me up for the first time. And I remember I've just kicked back and I've absolutely got both the bloody spuds left and right nuts. Just boom, straight away, first jump of the day. And I've just fully horse kicked him and he's dropped to the ground hard out. And then old McCalman, they used to call him Doggy, he looked at me and he goes, Can you jump? I go, No, I've never jumped before. <laughs> And uh, was, Mike Cron was here at the same time, yeah, New Zealand yeah. Ford's coach. And he, so for about, I don't know, 30 minutes after the morning session, we stayed out there and the poor boys, like they'd all come in and they'd lift me and I'd kick someone and have to get someone else in. <laughs> I think I like, I think I nearly nudded the whole team, all the Fords by um, before 12 o'clock on a Monday. So oh, wow. that was uh, that was a real good experience on my first first time here. Wow. And then so I, yeah, sort of had to learn how to jump and still still learning, actually. Um, well, you seem like the first few years you are at lock, um, but if you weren't uh, in there for your line-out prowess, was it so you could be in the second row in the scrum or was there like a reason you were in that lock? Um, I think just when I, was, when I first started in Union, obviously I didn't really know where I preferred mm-hmm. to play in that and I was like, I was a bit of a taller kid and, when I started Union, yeah, I was just a lifter. Like, I'd just lift. Like, you know, uh, I was on 14s and that. You just lift the little yeah, kids yeah. and stuff. So that, that's what it was all about. And that's how it started. And then, so when I played, when I first started playing club and that, yeah, it was like lift the little fellas. Then I, when I went on and played rep and everything, it was always just, I was always just a lifter. Yeah, yeah. And then when I made New South Wales and that, then like I said, they started playing me out in the back. Like, I couldn't. I couldn't uh, jump and they couldn't teach me in time because it's only like short preps. Then I used to just go out in the backs and then 
do a crash ball or mm-hmm. run a blocker or yada yada. And same in high school. I went to BBC up in Brisbane. I got a scholarship, went there. Same thing. I played number eight. So it sort of made a bit more sense because yeah, I was, yeah. you know, um, back row. So, yeah, I always used to, used to do that. And I also, too, I I broke my right thumb. I broke my thumb socket and tore all ligaments out. Yeah. So my right thumb was busted in high school. So I couldn't oh, actually wow. lift anyone anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to have to get this guard made so I could play until I got knocked down on that. And then, yeah, it was just, it was more just because there, back in the Gunnedah and New South Wales, there, there wasn't too many kids that were big and that. You just lift mm-hmm. the little fellas. There was no real tactical advantage, I yeah, guess. Yeah, and yeah. then I did that. And then when I came here, I went for my trial as a, a lock. I remember when I actually signed and I came back, I thought, oh, well, I'll have to learn how to jump properly. I walked into Robbie's office and he goes, yeah, no, nah, you're not a lock, mate. We're going we're to turn you into a number eight. Like, you played number eight in high school. I said, yeah, I played number eight in high school. And so I sort of went back to a number eight. He goes, but you got to learn how to jump. But for now, you've got to be an eight. I was like, sweet. So then uh, they sort of, um, Spud like, got with me a lot. And also mm-hmm. Sam Wikes, probably Wikesy, was probably one of the bigger ones that taught me how to jump properly. Well, not properly, just good enough to get me through the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then... There was a point in time, I forget where it was. I think, oh, when Poey came over, I started playing uh, six. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a six at the time. And we had Collie. Collie was still here, the Tonga number eight. So then I moved from eight to six. And that was unreal being able to play with Collie because Collie was like my mentor. He was like, he was unreal because obviously spoke English and Japanese. Um, unreal player as well. Um, and like a big brother. So it was good to play with him. So it was, it was good to be able to be on the field with him at the same time. And sort of ever since then, mate, just stuck at six now. And yeah, so six, six that can sort of jump. That's, uh, that's where I'm at at the moment. <laughs> uh, sorry, who was that uh, player you said was your mentor? Uh, Collie, Collie O'Honey. Yeah, oh, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, he's played for Japan that year. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was, uh, he was a big, he's always, and still is, like he's coaching now at Panasonic now. Um, but he was a massive, massive role model for me because um, like I said same position number eight mm-hmm. um, I think the best thing about Collie is that he he sort of bridged that gap between like the foreigners and the Japanese obviously because he could speak English and Japanese yeah. but just the person he was as well so he was um, he was a great um, great person to have around and he he obviously looks after a lot of the Tonga boys here as well so that's uh, yeah he's unreal nice 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 um and I guess, how did you get that opportunity to come over here? And um, you talked about making like, the eighth grade uh, rep team, New South Wales team, but uh, what was your reasoning for wanting to come over here uh, in the first place as well? Um, so, yeah, I I came over here 2015, my last year of school, with um, my actual, yeah, my high school, BBC. We went and played in that Saints World Youth Tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that was like my first, time properly traveling overseas for footy or properly traveling overseas for like any real thing as far as Japan anyway. And then I came here and we played footy. We ended up coming check. We came running it up. We got beat the final by South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, this is unreal. Like this is my, probably my first and last time ever coming to Japan. Like this will be it. I can say now that I've been to Japan, this is cool. And yeah. we had a good tournament and that. And then I finished school in, um, I went back to Oz and obviously finished school. I had nothing. I had no, you know, uh, junior contracts, no nothing with any Australian franchises or anything. And um, 
I honestly thought, oh, well, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to, uh, you know, what, what do I do now? So I was actually going to join the army. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I thought, what I'll do, I said, I'll, I'll just do some labouring for six months and sort of, you know, have a bit of fun, just play a bit of club rugby on the weekend and um, just enjoy myself for six months. And then I'll go sign up and go join the army. And then the new staff, my manage my management group now, yeah. uh, they um they contacted me saying, Oh, there's a club in Japan wanting to get you over for a trial. I go, oh, okay, sweet, what's the club? And they said, Oh, Panasonic. I looked obviously straight to Google, as yeah. you do these days, and I Googled and I've seen, yeah, Robbie Deans was the head coach and Barrick Barnes was there and they just won three year premiership and gone, Holy shit and <laughs> went over there and so I came over for a trial and I fell in love with it. I was like, this is unreal because like out here in Oto, it's like little country town sort of thing, as yeah. you know, like it's not, not full on like, uh, like Tokyo is and that. And I'm sort of a country boy. So I, mm-hmm. I don't, I can't handle traffic or like big cities too well. So the lifestyle was sweet. And then just, yeah, meeting guys like, yeah, Beric Barnes, Spud and that. I thought, these guys are unreal. And I remember watching, um, Spud, um, Back when I was little, like he was at the Brumbies and that. That's when I first seen Spud when he was at Brumbies. Yeah. And then uh, Barnsley as well. Like, obviously, when I was little, me and my sister, my sister loved Barnsley. Okay, we used to sit up late, watch footy and that, and watch Barnsley. Um, back when he was with the – I watched him more when he was at the Tars, but mm-hmm. my sister watched him more when he was at the Reds and that. Um, just meeting these guys, and I was just like, this is unreal. And then, obviously, Robbie Deans, like, that speaks for yourself. Like, mm-hmm. I actually couldn't speak to him properly when I first met him. I was like a bloody kid, just went blank, just couldn't actually spit words out like, yeah. on a first date or something like that. <laughs> and uh, so I had my trial, and then I thought, oh, you know, this is unreal. And they said, oh, we'll be in touch. And then so I went back to Oz, and I said, what's the go? And I said, oh, we just got to wait and see if we hear back from him. So I just kept um, doing some labor work. So I'd labor, um, do laboring from Monday to Friday. And then I would train twice a day at this um, gym um, that New Star set me up with their trainer. His name yeah. was Paul. Great, Greg. I still train with him when I go back to Brisbane and that. Oh, I trained with him about six months and just every every day, twice a day, uh, except for weekends. But, you know, and I did that. And after about six months, I said, oh, well, she's, yeah. He's done no yeah. more. I think that that was my time in Japan. So I was like, well, I got to go back for a trial. So that was mm-hmm. I was, couldn't be more happy with. That. I thought I'd never be back. And then yeah, I was on my way back to Canada to sort of you know pack up the rest of my stuff and get ready to go to the army and that. And then I got a phone call on my way back home. I said, oh yeah, mate, you've got a four year deal with Penner. <laughs> um, the the cat is they like, and this was on what well, this was on a. Thursday afternoon, mm-hmm. I said, oh, we need you here before Monday for before training. <laughs> I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, sweet. So then, yeah, I had to get my stuff sorted and then back I came. So, Man. And what that, a that's how she all started. Yeah. Um, so what? Yeah, this is crazy, man. Like, uh, it's crazy how close you were to, I guess, just giving up the rugby dream and, um, yeah, I guess four years on or however many years on, you know, you're just a beast now. So it's, uh, yeah. Crazy, crazy. Trying, mate, trying to. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, how was it when you first came over here? Obviously, uh, when you, like, everyone who comes over for, like, a holiday, they love it. 
you see all the great things about Japan or the, the omotenashi or, you know, how giving everyone is and how welcoming everyone is. Uh, and yeah, everything's, you know, amazing. But how was it when you actually started living here and uh, did you have any struggles or was it all uh, pretty sweet? No, I actually, I actually fell in love with the place. Like, um, I think the lifestyle out here in like Ota yeah. is, it's so chilled. Um, because it's like I said, it's like a little country town, mm-hmm. as I put it, even though it's like the, still there's a heap of people. But um, yeah, I just I just loved it. I, I guess like for me, like I went to boarding school as well. So like for when I um, went to BBC from uh, what 15 years old, I was in boarding school. So that sort of bit of self-independence that you know, boarding school taught me and stuff. So when I was over here, I was like, oh, this is sweet. Like cause <laughs> I had my own little room, like this little um, one bed. Like it was just literally a studio, like a studio apartment, just mm-hmm. one room, kitchen, everything. And I was like, that's unreal. Like it's like boarding, like it's got my own sort of pad. And I was just down the road from training. And I think the hardest thing was the, obviously the language barrier, mm-hmm. which, you know, I, I I struggled in school, let alone then trying to learn another language. So I think that was the, probably the hardest thing for me was just learning another language. But at that time when I first came to Penna, the rule in top league was that you could only have three foreigners yeah. on like on the field. So most teams only would have maybe four foreigners in total. Mm-hmm. Um, so there wasn't that many foreigners. And like I said, the foreigners that were here, my first year were obviously when I actually, after I signed, um, it was Beric Barnes, Spud, who else was it? Uh, Sam Wikes. Oh, no, sorry. No, no. Watson came to the year. Sorry. It was Barnsley Spud, Richard Buckman. He was uh, he was at Coburn now. And yeah. had we had someone else. Forget who we had only one other person. Yeah. I think it might have been Digby, actually. I don't know. And that was it. And see, they were all sort of older guys. So, obviously, Barnsley and Spud had their families to hear. So, they were always with their family. Um, and Bucky had his girlfriend. So... It, it was mainly there was no one really my age yeah so i ended up hanging out with the japanese boys a lot so then hanging out with them i obviously learned japanese a lot faster than that and just the basics like you know you hear tatsus tatsus and stuff like so i could order at least i could like order stuff at restaurants i'd go to a restaurant i'd sit down and like i'd just do the whole like the typical gaijin like you know you look at the photo and point at it and just go yep just one of those please like you know like just sign language so I think the hardest thing was just learning that language mm-hmm. um, barrier. And then once I sort of got the basics, like the, you know, like, you know, Ohio, Genki, Deska, and the Hitotsu, Tatsu, and all that, I was, I was pretty good. Like, I was like, oh, that's sweet. And obviously, I started studying Japanese, doing lessons twice a week and stuff. Yeah. And then just the whole experience, like, I just always look at it and go, like, if I wasn't here, like I said, I'd be in the army, I'd be getting my ass kicked in the dirt somewhere or yeah. if I wasn't in the army for some reason, I'd probably just be on a farm in Canada. Mm-hmm. Like, so every day I was here and, you know, I was like, you know, footy was on the weekends. We'd have to travel to like Osaka or Kyoto or somewhere like this. I was like, this is unreal. And it was just like mind blowing. So I was, I loved it. Yeah, yeah. And even now, like it's just, it's still great. Even though like COVID's around now, it's making this hard, like making stuff hard and that. But, uh, yeah, I, I still loved it. I just fell in love with it. And 
hence why I'm still here, I guess. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, I think I was the same. I started a year after you, but uh, man, just being able to travel for work all around Japan, get to see so much, and uh, you get a little bit of time, you know, the day before the game or something, just to explore the city. So it's uh, yeah, I think once you get a family and stuff, maybe it gets a bit harder because you're away from them. But when you're a uh, single, yeah, it's just a uh, good time there. Well, that's the thing. Eh? I, I was like a single. I was bloody like young. I was eighteen. I was yeah, yeah. like, this is unreal. Like, I, I couldn't have had a better opportunity before my life. So mm-hmm. I was like, this. I was so stoked with it. That's why I think I, I was so fine with everything. And um, yeah, even yeah, even now I'm just like, it's still unreal. Um, yeah. yeah. But I never uh, when I first went to the snow. When I came over here, like I've never obviously grown up in knowledge, you don't have white Christmas or anything. Yeah. And I've never seen snow before. And that's for me. We had a we had a bye weekend. Mm-hmm. And um obviously we, you know, none of the boys around we don't go they don't go snowboarding or anything in season for injury, but they said, Oh, we've got to duck up to the snow. I yeah. said, What are we doing? They said, Oh, we're going up to Huckleball to go to the snow. I was like, like snow, snow. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, like real snow. And they're like, yes, Gunster, like real snow, like powder snow. And I was like, oh, shit. And then, so we went up there, up the Hucklebar. And I remember I was going up there and I was actually on this train. So we got the train up there. And um, we're in this train. I'm looking out the window and I said, just wait, Gunter, just wait, wait. You'll be a while yet. And then we went through this tunnel. And I remember it like yesterday. And we came out the other side of this tunnel and it was weird. When we entered the tunnel, it was still normal. It was cold, but it was just like normal. And then we got through this long ass tunnel on the other side. It was like it would just entered like Neverland. <laughs> I was like, holy, there was just snow everywhere. It was like coming down and I've never seen snow before. I was like a little kid in a candy shop. All the boys were just going, you, you, you haven't seen snow at all. I was like, not even a little bit. Like, I was like, what do you mean? You're from Australia? And I said, oh, yeah, we haven't seen snow before. And so I was just got up here. I was like, this is like three, three and a half hours away from where I live. Yeah. Like, you go up to Huckabout in the snow. I was like, are you serious? Like, that's that's bugger all. Like, that's an <laughs> afternoon. Like, you just, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and then literally you, you do that and then we jump on the train, come back, or now we just drive up. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, so I got the snow like three hours away in winter from where I live. I got Tokyo just down there, like to go into the big city. I need shopping, mm-hmm. airport, travel everywhere. Um, and then you've just got like all these cool areas that you can go out here as well. Like, cause I love just jumping in my ute and just going for a drive yeah. on a day off and that. And like everyone thinks of Japan as um, a very busy built up place, which it is mm-hmm. in some places, but there is areas like I said, like up at Hakabao out here in Guma. We go out to like these onsens and all these like temples out in the middle of nowhere, and it's honestly the, the prettiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. So I, I, that's why a lot of people I say, I go, oh, you don't understand how pretty mm-hmm. Japan is. Like it's generally like just so pretty. So, no, I, I, I think if you can come here and not be satisfied, like it's just, I think it just suits everyone. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I'm so lucky and I love being here. It's great. Nice, man. Yeah, sounds like you're loving life. But um, yeah, the snow's definitely. Um, when I first saw it, I was at primary school and I was just staring out uh, the window, you know, just watching it snow. And everyone just had uh, kind of gotten sick of it. Or like my grandma hated it. She had to shovel the snow every morning. But I used to love doing it. Um, and yeah, I was the same as you. I just enchanted by the snow. I love it. Eh? Yeah, 
it's funny how some people like that are used to it. It's just like like oh, it's just annoying. Same as us. Like it's, you know, you get back home, you just go freaking go to the beach. Sand gets everywhere and stuff. <laughs> yeah. People like Australia's got like the best beaches in the world, top and planet. It's the yeah, same like, thing. Grass is always green, all right. Yeah, that one, that old chestnut. <laughs> so nice, man. Um, we talked a little bit about uh, your years leading up to the um, the final a few months ago, but uh, you also had a stint with the Sunwolves. Uh, but how was that? And um, yeah, I guess how was the experience of playing Super in Japan uh, for the unique team that is the Sunwolves? I uh, I love the Sunnies. Like it, it was honestly a great experience. Um, obviously just been around some more, like I said, more guys that I've never met before. Like obviously I, I knew most of the boys from like playing against them and stuff. Yeah. Um, you don't really get to properly have a yarn and get to know them after the games and that close. So you got media, mm-hmm. um, you got to get like traveling, you got to get ready to travel again, yada, yada. So I think for me, it was just like another way I could meet a lot of the guys that I've been versing and play with to get to know them and get to learn off them. Mm-hmm. Um, because the year that I joined, I found that it was one of the best teams the Sunnies had. Um, and then just obviously been under a different coach as well, because Robbie's been the only real professional coach I've ever been under. Yeah. So it was good to go under, experience another coach and, you know, how how they look at the game and how, what they want from the game and stuff like that. So it was a great experience. I loved it. And then obviously playing here in Japan um, in front of all the – Japanese fans and like they would pack out the stadiums like it was unreal like each game we had here was like we had it all packed out at Chichibu it was unreal um, so playing in front of a full house is you, you can never beat that feeling mm-hmm. and then traveling like that was probably the that was the first team that I got the travel that was the first time I went business yeah anyway like yeah. first time I ever flew business and I remember when I first flew I got my phone out I'm taking videos all the time and all the boys are just laughing going oh yeah I remember my first time too and all this stuff and so it was it was cool doing all that and, but the rugby itself I actually really loved the rugby mm-hmm. um, the first the first game I played was in Singapore um, and it was against the was it? It was against the Sharks yeah and oh my god the humidity was <laughs> I've never sweated so hard in my life. And I remember I played and I looked up at the scoreboard to see how much time. Like it, it felt like I was dead in the backside. I thought, I'm done. Yeah. I said, surely she's got to be around the 20-minute mark. It was seven minutes into the first, like seven minutes in, oh, and wow. I was just cooked. And I'm going, holy crap, like this is, this is next level. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I think like there's a thing that was just the physicality, um, especially playing the Stafford teams, was just, big and I love physicality but like I think I could you could really feel it after the games more like you'd sit yeah. there and you're just like holy crap like it was just well probably not as fast as um top league when we played like the South African teams it was just more physical and, yeah. and like brutal um so it was an experience to play that playing the Kiwi teams were unreal as well just to see you sort of learn that you just couldn't like, you can't make little mistakes mm-hmm. they just um, they jump on those like no tomorrow as you can see with their national team same thing so it was just to play them and then obviously the Aussie teams and everything it was it was unreal I loved the Sunnies it was a great experience and I learned so much from the players and the coaches and I was very very sad to see um, to see them you know um, get cut from the comp I, I sort of it, it puzzled me a bit because I thought I 
you know, from a spectator's point of view, like some wolves were bringing in more crowds than any other team was in the whole comp. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people enjoyed it. And all, all the boys I talked to that played, like, you know, the Kiwi boys, the Aussie boys, the African boys, even the Argentina boys, they were like, oh, it's so cool to come here to Japan. It's mm-hmm. great. And, um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was weird to see that get cut. But then also, too, I could see why because um, their stumbles last year, they couldn't get all the players they wanted to, obviously, because they interrupted the um, top league season. Yeah, so, yeah. obviously, you know, we have to stick to our priority and our priority is our um, company teams. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I could sort of see how it sort of overlapped in the wrong areas. But I really hope the day comes back that the Sunnies return because it's uh, it, it's, it really is a great team. And I was very honoured to play in the last game for the Sunnies against Japan. Yeah. Um, later on and playing that with Ed Quirk was a, that was a real <laughs> real honour for me to do that because yeah, I, I, love, I love the Sunnies I only had one season with the Sunnies but mm-hmm. yeah I, I got a lot of good memories that I'll you know take with me forever from that Sunnies season nice nice yeah and you touched on that uh, last game hopefully they do a few more games like exhibitions like they did um this year but that was uh, amazing you guys were obviously with the Japan camp and then joined us midweek so it was classic sunny style we had maybe 10 players or something uh or i think we just had maybe 15 players for the first three days uh so pretty much couldn't do any training and then you guys came in quickly had to learn all the lineouts and stuff and still uh pushed japan quite far i think so uh yeah it was a great uh great yeah. atmosphere eh? great experience yeah but that that's literally like that that's what sunny's was mm-hmm. like like their first year, what they had, I think they had a week to prepare for their first Super Rugby game, and yeah. like the year after, I think they had two. Mm-hmm. Like it was always a grind for the Sunnies. Like it was no matter, and then like the travel, we were always we were the team that travelled the most. Like yeah. we used to have to travel ridiculous amounts, but we never used that wasn't an excuse for us. It was mm-hmm. like Sunnies, or you know something would go wrong. Uh, it doesn't matter. We'll we'll make do. So that was like always our mentality. Because even when in when I played with them, like we would train all week and then we would have changes be brought in on our captain's run sometimes or the day before our captain's run. Yeah. We'd have new players have to come in because something's happened and they're swapped and then we're just like, you know, shit, that's, <laughs> that's the sunny. It's like we, we just, you know, that's us. We, that's what all we used to always say that. That's us. That's, that's the sunny's rugby. That's just play. And when it, if it goes to shit or something doesn't work out, just play. Like yeah. we, trust each other's instincts and play. And that was like our style. So it was, it was good. It was, you know, I feel bad because I guess if you look at the scoreboard sense, like a lot of the times we got flogged mm-hmm. and people were like, like, why would you keep coming back? Or you know, how do you turn around from the game? And like I said, a lot of it was just because of the guys that you play with, um, your teammates and the coaches and you just all band together and you're like, you know what? Like, different circumstances you know if so if that didn't happen like a, a certain change in members or we didn't have to fly a day before the game or something like that yeah. like you could use all our excuses but we never did it was just like oh well we cop it on the chin and we turn up next week and go again mm-hmm. so that's one thing i i loved about it and it's something that i've taken on board with me now no matter what happens you know there's you can always just get up and keep going so that's one thing i've learned from the sunnies and mm-hmm. i'll i'm taking that with me 
uh, ever since the sunny. Nice. And yeah, that adaptability is something, uh, I think it's pretty important in any, uh, job, but in rugby, you know, you might just have an unlucky, uh, high shot or something turn into red card and then suddenly, you know, you, you've got to jump on the line outs or something, you know, so, uh, yeah, yeah. anything can happen. Eh? Anything can happen in rugby, Matt. <laughs> but nice. Uh, I, uh, touched a little bit on you joining the, uh, Japan camp before you came to the Summers this time around, but, um, how was that you got selected for the Japan team? And was that like a tough decision for you uh, to pick Japan as a team that you wanted to represent or was it quite natural? No, nah, for me, it was a, it was an honour. Like it was a, like I was so, um, I was so happy and blessed that I got the opportunity like to play. I'd never in my wildest dreams thought I'd ever be international player. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, like it was, for me, I, I, I take things week by week. Yeah. So when I started at Tanner, I was like, obviously, you know, I said, right, I said this week I'm going to train my ass off so I can maybe help him with the warm up, and then the next week, right, I, I want to be at least in the 23 members, and then I worked that, worked that until I got that, and then I got right, I now I want to be a starter, mm-hmm. work to that. Same when I joined Sunnies, I said, right, I want to, I want to work to being a starter. Um, same thing, and then. This season, I'd say, oh, I want to work to be a better, um, the better player, like one of the better sixes in the comp. Like, I want to work for that. So, I just set one goal each time. And when I accomplished that, I set another one that's mm-hmm. only not ridiculous and stuff, but, you know, at a level where I think I can maybe achieve it. And then, obviously, when it came around with the whole, the whole Japan selection stuff, I just thought to myself, listen, don't get caught up in it. Um, just focus on what you got in front of you, which for me was the Penner, was the um, premiership, was the championship. So I just worked on that. And then when I got selected, I was just, like I said, I, was, I couldn't be more happier. I never thought I'd be an international, uh, even a part of an international squad. Yeah. Um, so that was unreal, being put in that. And then it also, when I went and joined the camp, that first team day camp, oh my God. Like... <laughs> I have never worked that hard in my life. Like yeah. it, it shocked me. I was like, "Holy crap! Like this is the real deal." Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I talked to a couple of guys. Like I talked to a couple of like uh, Barnsley and Poe and that, like international guys that I'm close with, Matt. And I said, "Oh, so this is like real deal. This is like the next level stuff, and this is like the best of the best." Um, and they said to my mate, they said, just, like you said, just do what you do. Just take it week by week mm-hmm. and you'll be fine. It's a great experience as long as you learn and you'll only get better at being amongst um, better players and people. You have to then be better. Mm-hmm. So I thought to myself, well, shit, that makes more sense. Like if yeah. I'm there, I have to be better than Like that's what I've always done. So I, I always thought you've got to be better, you've got to be better. So if you're around better people, you learn you learn certain skills and then you have to be better to keep up um, or, you know, to be better than them, you have to be better or to be at that level, you have to be better. So I think when I joined that squad, you know, I didn't know where, like what it was going to be like. Mm-hmm. And after day one, I knew I was like, holy shit, I am so behind the eight ball compared to these guys. Yeah. Um, I've got a lot of work to do. So it's been a great experience. It's sort of shown me where I... I sit and it just shows that there's a lot more potential there. Hopefully if I can keep working my ass off mm-hmm. and um, if, if I, if I don't 
get a crack with the Japan like that, even if I just stay in the squad, like as long as I learn mm-hmm. and be and be, get better as a player, I'm happy. Like I'm still going to be happy with that, but I'm going to keep driving until I hopefully get to represent Japan because that there will be an un, unreal day for me because, like I said, I never thought um, I wasn't ever going to be an international player. Yeah. But, yeah, I think with the, the players and the coaches that are in the Japan um, team now, like it's, uh, it's given me every every opportunity. So it's mm-hmm. up to me now to, uh, to you know, learn and, you know, take advantage of my situation. So. Yeah, yeah. Wow, nice. Some great words of wisdom there. <laughs> you said it was a, you know, tough, tough training game, but you also got uh, to travel with the squad to when they went in versus the Lions and that would have been a pretty unreal experience. Yeah, like, like, oh, I, was, I called my, I remember I called my sister because her and I were, when I was little, she was a massive, my youngest, she's the older than me, obviously, but the youngest out of my three sisters, mm-hmm. she's a massive rugby head. She is massive. She, and her and I used to like wake up early, um, like, you know, one or two a.m. to watch the union. Um, international rugby because back in Oz, on it used to be on like the analog, just like free oh, TV, yeah, yeah, but yeah. it'd be real early in the morning because of the time difference yeah. and stuff. And I remember when I first started watching the British Lions, and I was just like, "This is unreal!" Like they pick the best of the best mm-hmm. out of four different countries. Like it is the team, and so just to be a part of, you know, uh, to be a part of a team that's versed in them was just like mind blowing because I remember when I was like tiny, like I used to sit on my sister's lap watching these guys. Yeah. Like when I was a baby, like little, little. And then now to being involved, you know, with a team that's worse than them and to be there at Murrayfield, like that stadium oh, was wow. just holy hell, it was unreal. And then driving in, driving into the stadium. And obviously this is during the middle of a pandemic as well. Mm-hmm. So like that stadium can hold like 60 plus that stadium. Yeah. Fortunately, they could only let in like not even 20. Mm-hmm. But um, when we drove in the stadium, it, it it was definitely more than 20 there. And it was the, the vibe was just unreal. The fans were just crazy. I remember sitting in the bus going, this is unreal because I've never been, I've never seen in real life any part of the Northern Hemisphere rugby. Yeah, like yeah. How passionate, how how big it is. Like, I actually got no idea how big rugby is over there. And I'm just going through and I was like, this is crazy. Like, these fans were there, like, all these British line supporters were there clapping us in. Mm-hmm. All that because Japan has got that much of a, rep, like, good reputation. Like, yeah. they're, they're so respected around the rugby world now because they've come from, you know, Div 2 out of nowhere mm-hmm. and they've come up and now they're a top competitive Div 1 team. Like, we're competitive now and, and it's just an honor to be a part of a team like that. And you could see the respect that they have earned. Um, like when we went to, when we we're in Scotland, seeing the respect, not just from the fans, but also from the, the British line players and yeah. all that. And I was like, this is like, to be a part of this team is just a huge honor in itself. Mm-hmm. So that was unreal. And then obviously being able to see Scotland. And then when we went to Ireland, same thing. Like it's just the, the crowd, the, the energy, the vibe that it gives off international rugby is just like it's just that next level and like you just thing going shit, you're representing your country like and yeah. I think that's just the, that's one thing that still sort of hit me but hasn't hit me yet because mm-hmm. I, I haven't 
I haven't earned the right to pull on the jersey yet, and I think the day I will will be a very big day for me, and hopefully I can do Japan really proud because they have the honour um, and respect that they hold around the world now is unreal, and to be able to be a part of that is it's crazy. And yeah, yeah, the yeah. touring and stuff's unreal as well. Like that's <laughs> hopefully once COVID drops down, like it'll be a bit more exciting because at mm-hmm. the moment it's just like you live in a bubble. You go over there, you stay in a hotel room. Um, you can only go out for trainings and stuff, which is, you know, it's still good. It's better than sitting in a room by yourself all the time, but it, it is sort of hard. So I'm looking forward to touring if I still get selected later on in the next couple of years. I'm looking forward to, like, touring and stuff with the guys and being able to go see stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Nice, eh? Nice. Uh, and even if uh, you can probably experience the uh, whole international game a little bit different if uh, – you don't have all that pressure of, I guess, actually being out there on the field as well. So being able to watch the Lions play, uh, you know, uh, with your own eyes, that probably would have been something that would have been pretty crazy as well. You can probably experience that crowd a bit more than the 23 who are on the field because they've got to, you know, focus on the actual game. So it's a, quite a unique experience as well, eh? Yeah, well, I honestly, I felt like a little fangirl, eh? I was sitting there in the stadium and I'm just going because obviously... Um, seeing the boys play, and I'm I'm really close with uh, Jack Nelson and mm-hmm. um, and seeing and seeing him play, like he came off the bench, and I was sitting there, I, I felt like a parent. I was like, yeah, let's go! Like, I was, like this is crazy watching him go out and play on the field, and then just yeah, like watching the game. I was just like, like holy shit! I'm sitting here watching the Lions play. Mm-hmm. Like this is unreal. Like so, yeah, you really just get to sit there and then enjoy the atmosphere as well, and you don't have that pressure. Um, on your shoulders of performing, but it's weird. You still carry the weight of like the team, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Like, yes, you're not playing, but like in every tackle and in every sudden moment in the game, you're just like you're like oh, oh yeah, and yeah. then you're like so passionate that you it's like you're out there, but you're not out there. It's mm-hmm. very weird not when you're, you're a part of a team but you're not on the field, that's the same feeling I get when I'm here um, with Tanner. Like, if you're not on the field, you're watching. And obviously, yeah, you're right. You do get to, you know, feel the vibe of the, the, the stadium a bit more and the team's playing. But yet again, it feels like a part of you's out there because, like, you're sitting there and every little bit, you're just like, oh, shit, oh, God. And, like, tackle him. And, like, you're just like, get him. And it's because you're so passionate about it because it's, it's your team. It's mm-hmm. your, your family there. And, you know, you're sitting there watching. I'm like, oh, God. And one of my mates said to me, they said, you wait till you get older, mate, and you have kids and you watch your kids play. It's even worse than this. I'm like, oh, God. Like, this is... Because I'm, I'm a bad spectator. I, <laughs> I scream at rest. I'm terrible. But when I play, I won't say a word. Yeah, yeah. But when I'm a spectator, I'm just like, <laughs> like oh, I'm, I'm terrible, man. Like, oh, oh, I, think... I think that's the Aussie in me because Aussies <laughs> are terrible. Eh? Aussies, if you have you ever been to a uh, Aussie like international game or a, a rugby league game uh, or anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you seen how ruthless <laughs> the Aussie fans are? Oh man, it's, like, a, it's part of the show. Eh? Oh mate, you got some seventy-year-old that's like followed a club for his whole life, and he's sitting there slipping off their bloody touchies and stuff. <laughs> like, um, I think I definitely get that from the Oz, the Oz side of me. <laughs> oh man, I think that's uh, how you feel. Uh, is similar to like how staff feel because you know it's uh, everyone kind of says it. Like when you're in the actual team, doesn't matter if you're on the twenty-three or not. Um, 
you've still worked just as hard to get that team ready for that game you've got is like the same exactly. amount invest today so uh you know what your team's trying to do and you know what the opposition like you've trained against them and stuff and or you trained for them sorry uh so yeah you just ride every hit ride every decision and um because i'm running the water most times i don't like necessarily you know yell at the refs uh anything abusive but i always tend to be a bit like passive aggressive when i think about it afterwards i'm like oh maybe that was a bit too harsh kind of thing but you're just like so <laughs> invested in it you know it's your whole life you want your team to win they have to be successful exactly you know so yeah it's yeah a, mate exactly oh, passion, it's passion. Uh, passion that's it that's the best <laughs> word that's the best word to describe it no, yeah, after the game, you know, we've got nothing against anyone. I think it's the same when the players kind of, uh, you know, say stuff against other players and stuff. As long as it's not like anything, uh, too harsh, I think, um, you know, it's, uh, all part of the game. And afterwards, as long as you shake hands and stuff and say, you know, otsukare or good game, uh, yeah, it's all part of it. Eh? That's what I mean. Like, there's, there's a mindset that my pop taught me when I was little. He goes, there's no friends on a footy field. Like, as soon as you cross that line, like it's you versus them, like it's mm-hmm. it's nothing simpler and like you give it to each other in the game. That's what the game's about. But the difference is between a real man and what I call you know, a coward is that as soon as the game's done, like you go shake their hand, you go, Yeah, good game, mate, like whatever, it's over now. And they shake your hand back, you go, Yeah, like that's what rugby's about. It's about giving it to each other. But as soon as that whistle's done, you know, the result is the result. Mm-hmm go shake hands you go oh well we gave it our best you gave it your best and that's what rugby should be about so that's what i that's one thing i love about rugby yeah nice man nice oh yeah it's like just guys are just smashing each other for 80 minutes and then having a beer afterwards eh? smashing the livers yeah yeah some people think that's crazy huh? <laughs> oh i love it um but nice yeah you've got a you're still what 24 turning 24 but already experienced so much and uh got a big fan base over here as well so i got a lot of questions i think i only had the questions up for about 10 hours but got a lot of questions so i'll quickly uh go through a few of those if you still got a bit of time for that yeah mate all good far away nice nice uh the first one i got was from a good mate of yours uh, uh mr shane gates he asked, uh, obviously, you were with him at some of the end of it with the uh, Japan tour that uh, recently happened, but said, uh, apart from being the apex on the field, how has the transition to apex visions been for you game-wise? <laughs> so, yeah, as you said, as if a lot of people don't know, I'm a massive gamer. Like, I love video games. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've just started playing uh, Apex. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big Call of Duty fan, so I've just started playing Apex with with Gatesy, actually. So at the moment, I'm really terrible. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if uh, anyone's listening to this and uh, an expert on Apex, feel free to uh, message me and help give me some tips because I'm not, not too good at Apex at the moment. Oh, nice, man. Yeah, um, I saw uh, your setup a little while ago and it uh, looks pretty uh, professional. I'm... Uh, I've never been good. Yeah. I love the games, but just suck at them. So I like watching people who are good. You know, it's just like watching yeah. sport, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, see, I've got all the gear and no idea. <laughs> that's, uh, that's me at the moment. Sounds like this podcast, to be fair. Um, <laughs> nice. uh, we've got a few from your know, Japanese fans. Yeah. It says, what do you usually eat uh, in terms of Japanese food? I, I'm a sucker for ramen. I'm not going to lie. Ramen is dangerous because obviously it's not the best thing for you but it's so good so good um 
yeah, like I'd probably say ramen's probably like my big go-to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like my sushi, sushi is another big one that I regularly eat. Um, you know, clean sushi. Uh, but yeah, if I'd have to say, like, like probably more out there food. I love katsudon. Oh, yep, yep. Nice, yeah, nice. That, that's cool. I never had one of those, but I came here. I was like, oh, that, that, that hits dangerous. But yeah, so probably, um, yeah, probably Katsudon. It's probably like the nice. the one that I enjoy that's sort of more unique to Japan, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, do you normally get the pork one? Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. pork. Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. So it's like no, battered pork, uh, like almost deep fried and then on a bit of rice, eh? Again. Yeah, I, I was just like, this is cool. This is unreal. I actually love rice and egg. I know, like, oh, yeah. just raw egg on rice with a bit of seaweed strips. Like, when I first came over, I looked at the boys doing that. I said, that's disgusting. <laughs> and then now, like, I love it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's probably, yeah, that's what my go-to, a raw egg on rice. I love oh, that as With well. a bit of soy sauce as well? With some soy sauce oh, nice, as well, nice. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think, like, kids, people eat eggs raw over here. Um, the... Like the way that they, I wouldn't say police it, but like it's real strict on how fresh the egg is. I think if it's got like tiny cracks, you know, microscopic cracks in the egg, then they throw it out over here. Uh, so that's why I've always done it over here. But when we were in New Zealand, my mum uh, said we could never have the tamago gohan or, you know, tamago kake gohan or, you know, egg on yeah. rice because she said uh, egg on rice, yeah. Yeah, people cook, always cook eggs so they don't check them as much. So it could be dangerous. So, uh, yeah, for anyone yeah, who's like, yeah. Uh, yeah, who's like, man, that's dangerous. Uh, it's not too bad in Japan because, you know, everyone does it, so they're quite strict on it, eh? It's so good. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. You're exactly right there. Nice, nice. Uh, do you guys do a – don't know if many rugby teams test this, but they said, how fast can you run 50 metres? Very slow. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, no, I – yeah, we actually don't test that, so uh, I'm, I'm not so sure. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that one – but – Last time I ran a hundred meters, that was I got tested in. Last time I did that was in high school. Oh, yeah, it was a long time ago. We had the like athletics carnival, and I think I did a hundred meters in like, like just just under thirteen seconds, like just under. Oh wow! So, yeah, that was in high school though, so that's true. Yeah, I I would have no idea why I'd run now. Yeah, Definitely yeah. Um, not the the two. Two fastest guys in my team were out of the forwards, out of the backs used to be Kenki. Oh, but yeah, now he's Kinky, gone, Kenki. Yeah. And then the fastest forward actually Hase. Oh, real? Hase is lightning fast. Is it Hase yeah. the lock? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so wow. he's, he's probably the fastest. That's in Panner anyway. Yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. All right. Oh, we got another one from uh, Sunwolves, former Sunwolves player. Uh, currently with the best team in Japan are the Dynabos, Michael Little. <laughs> he said, um, please, may I have a discount coupon for the blank bags? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mate. Well, I'm sure we could hook you up there somewhere, brother. Uh, do you want to explain what the uh, blank bags are for anyone? who I'm sure most people will know if they're listening to this, but for anyone who hasn't heard about it. Yeah. So, um, obviously, when I said that when that season got cancelled there, that uh, was the 2020 season, mm-hmm. um, we were stuck here in Japan and that, and instead of sitting around playing video games every day, um, myself, Jack, um, Jacqueline Nelson and Dylan Riley, we all sat together and we said, oh, you know, we should 
you know, try to do a business or something. And that's yeah. how it started. And then, yeah, a year later, um, we've come up with these uh, bags, these stuffable travel bags um, called the Blank Collect. Our business called the Blank Collective. You know, we came out with these two um, origin duffel bags that have Velcro dividers in the middle of it. So you mm-hmm. can pack and sort your, your bags um, for anything, for like your weekend travels, footy bags, gym bags, um, baby bags. It's just, um, we get a lot of uh, new mums and that are actually mm-hmm. loving the bags because they can use the dividers to separate like diapers and bottles and stuff like that. A lot of the footy boys are into it because they can separate their boots. Um, you can put your boots in there up to a size 14 the bag fits up to 14 or 15 yeah yeah and then you can yeah, put all your boots in there and sort out your rugby gear um, gym um, even clothes pack your clothes so it's yeah it's a just all round multi multi-use bag that me and the boys come up with mainly nice. uh, mainly Jack and Dill they do all the work <laughs> I just sit there and bloody do nothing but actually they, they do all the work but uh yeah, if you guys want to go check it out, feel free to go look at our Instagram, um, nice. Blank Co. And then, yeah, we'll see our website, The Blank Collective. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if you want to go check it out or even go on my social media myself, if you can't find it, there'll be a couple of photos with it there tagged on. So if you want to have a look and if anyone's interested, then, yeah, Mikey, I'll, I'll sort you out, mate. <laughs> I'll have a talk to my business partners, mate, and we'll see what we can do. Oh, yeah. Um... I think I'll put a link to the website and the um, your Instagram page in the show notes as well. So anyone who wants to uh, uh, check those out, they'll be there. Uh, and yeah, I've uh, I didn't actually know it was a three man uh, company. I, I'd seen um, yeah, you know, deals and stuff. Uh, I thought you were just using them as um, because you know they're all very handsome men um, using them as your models. <laughs> uh, but yeah, man, the way uh, you've done it well because. I just saw it as, man, this is your business kind of thing. Yeah, no, definitely not. I, I can't take credit for that, unfortunately. I'm if anything it's uh if anything it's Jack and Dill's um business and I'm just the guy that he helps out helps them out. They're actually unreal. They do a lot of the work. You know, they they Jack's done the whole website and everything like oh, that. Wow. Um Dill does all the video editing and um all the socials and stuff. Like I'm I literally just help out now and then like i should probably do more so yeah i definitely give credit to those two for making it look really professional i'm the amateur buffet that stands in the corner so. <laughs> nice very nice uh teamwork makes the dream work eh? yeah but nice uh there's a oh there's one here uh i don't know what their actual name is but it's from a fan i think uh they're tommy tomo uh, it says it's not a question but they're a big fan of you and stay safe Oh, thanks for that, mate. Appreciate that. Oh, and I will. I'll try. I hope you stay safe as well. Nice. Um, yeah, they've gotten a few uh, that are just uh, fans and, um, yeah, saying congrats on your career so far. We've also got one here from uh, Ben Paltridge, who was on the podcast a couple of weeks ago. He said, another Thai legend. Uh, how does he feel about the Asian passport rule and its discontinuation? Yeah, well... <sighs> Like I said, I, I'm lucky because now I qualify for Japan, so mm-hmm. I um I will be rec- I won't be recognised as a foreigner still. Yeah, but I, I was very obviously sad to see that rule go. Um, that was the that was the whole reason that gave me the opportunity as well here in Japan because I am half Thai, so I had that Asian passport and it was able to give me the chance to play 
on the field without being a foreigner. Um, so I'm very sad to see that go for you know younger guys as well coming through, or just you know guys that do have that Asian background mm-hmm. um, from other countries like Thailand, Philippines, and that because obviously rugby is not massive there. And to come to Japan and have the opportunity to play rugby is unreal. But then for them to then have to compete with, like I said, you've got your, your foreign-based players that are grow up with rugby, mm-hmm. it, it's a hard thing. So um, for me, I was lucky. I grew up in Australia, so I understand rugby. But if I look at it from the bigger picture, like it's, I was sad, I'm sad to see it go because it gives guys that wouldn't really have a crack because they have to compete with the you know foreigners, like mm-hmm. Aussies, Kiwis, Africans wherever they come from, it gives those Asian-based players that you know haven't really been around a competitive environment, gives them a chance to number one play rugby because at the end of the day, you can't get better without playing. And number two, obviously, just gives them an actual chance to get out of like, you know, Thailand, Korea, Philippines and all that. So I'm very sad to see it go. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, me and my fellow mate, Benny, we'll, we'll be right. We'll get through to it. So. Yeah, uh, man. Put it beautifully. Uh, don't have too much more to add, but yeah, hopefully, uh, like the eligibility rules and stuff seemed to change every year. So hopefully, in the near future, it comes back. But uh, I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, I, I agree with you on that one. Nice, nice. Uh, and we'll just go one more. Uh, this one we started off with a, a gaming one. We'll end with a gaming one. So why does Benny focus more on getting a dub on Warzone than his hairstyle? <laughs> Oh, because at the end of the day, it's easier to get a dub than <laughs> to worry about my hair. <laughs> no, I, like I said, I, I love gaming, and I'm guessing whoever put that in is one of my mates that I game with. So I'm guessing whoever sent that in, it, he's worse off than me. So probably jealous because I can get more wins than he can. So. Mm-hmm. But um, now nah, the hairstyle's probably going to change up. I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but. The old receding hairline starts to show too much, so I don't know what I'm going to do with. It. I might try the uh, might try the buzz approach, but apparently that's not good in Japan, is it? If you shave all your hair off, you've done something wrong or something. Oh is yeah, yeah. Culture. Um, I think like at high school and university, still, if you like are late or something, uh, if you see someone suddenly with you know real short hair, then it's probably because they've done something wrong. Um, but or the baseball students, I think they just do it. If you're in the baseball club, you have to shave all your hair. So uh, you see heaps of guys. Uh, I don't know why that is actually, but yeah, all the baseball guys do it regardless of if they've done something wrong. But uh, one of the boys at Coke last year, I think he was late and he was over 30 and he was still a traditional guy. So he came back one day and he just said, cut all his hair off. So uh, yeah, it's uh, still part of the yeah, culture, I think. Well, I don't know if I want to do that thing because I don't want to have everyone ask me what I did wrong. <laughs> what did you do? Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what I do, but yeah, so probably probably change up the hair for next season at some some stage. I don't know what I'll do yet, but no, no, um, change it up, change the hair, and still getting dubbed. Nice, nice. That sort of thing. Uh, no, I think it looks good. Uh, looks gax. Shot, bro. <laughs> but no, thanks for coming on. Uh, it's been great to be able to hear your story. There are heaps of stuff that. Uh, I didn't know and yeah I didn't know you played league when you were younger and uh, I yeah, didn't know you were a lock to start off as well so heaps of new learnings from me as well great to chat with you hopefully uh, people will be able to watch your career uh, there's a bit more coverage on the uh, league in Japan now so 
yeah, hopefully people will be able to watch you play, watch you play for Japan in the near future, I'm sure. And uh, thanks again for coming on. No problems, mate. Thanks for having me. And bloody looking forward to listening to some more podcasts from you and seeing who else you get on. Nice. Thanks, bro. I'll have to get the whole crew from uh, Blank Co., I think. Yeah, get us all on there. It'll be good. Like I said, I won't do much talking. I'll, I'll let them do all the talking on that. I'll sit down with stuff. Nice. Uh, yeah, three superstars, man. They'll be the biggest uh, biggest audience I'll ever have, I think. <laughs> Wake up. <laughs> <laughs> but nice. Thanks, bro. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll keep in right. touch. No problem. Thanks, mate. Uh, thanks, everyone. Stay safe. And uh, yeah, catch you later. Nice. <laughs>